Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerville, a church situated in the northern suburbs of Cape Town. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that it will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. Awesome, thanks so much for sharing. So we are busy with our series called Unbroken Intimacy, and we are finishing up, wrapping up this week, and we are finishing up with uh, a message that a lot of what I shared yesterday at the conference will come up this morning as well, and we are talking about, and actually um, prepared the series, um, all of the messages, mostly up until this week, and so when we got the topic of the conference and what we're going to share, I had no idea it was going to fit into our series and so it's awesome that um, some of you got to hear some of this yesterday, and you'll hear it this morning. Um, it will be maybe a little bit different, or it will be very different, um, but I also want to encourage you, there's obviously a reason why you heard it yesterday, and when you're gonna, why you're going to hear it this morning again. Repetition is good, right? Amen? We need repetition. We need to continually hear the word. Um, Romans 10, 17, I believe it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So there's a continual hearing. Our faith is bowled up by continually hearing, being washed with the Word of God. Like, uh, and also now referenced again, the, uh, the declarations. Continually speaking forth something, hearing something, will make it sit in our hearts, make it stick, so to speak. It's the same way in the world. If someone continually says, you're a failure, you're a failure, you're no good enough, guess what? Eventually, you're going to start believing that. And that's why if you've got voices like that in your life, the only way to, to kind of um, silence those voices, not to shout at the people and to tell them to stop doing that, because they're probably just going to carry on if they don't have the nature and the character of God living on the si- inside of them and they're not renewing their minds. So the only way to, to silence those voices is to become more convinced of another voice. And that's the voice of God, the voice of your Father. And that is why um, repetition and declarations and things like that are important for us to help us get to that place of convincing. Amen. So we are talking this morning about the unity of the Spirit. And unity is one of the strongest forces in the world. We see this being used for good. We've seen this being used for evil as well, right? Some examples where unity has been used for evil Adolf Hitler, he's a, he's, a, he's a horrible example, but he was an example of something where unity was, was being used for something destructive. We see uh, in the Bible as well, the, the Tower of, the tower of uh, Babel, Baal, I always get confused, like I, um, the one is Babel, the Tower of Babel where the people were in such unity that, that God had to come and bring there's unity so that they could not accomplish that which they have set out to accomplish. And so unity is a powerful thing, a powerful force. And I want to open up with a few quotes from a few um, amazing people in history. And the cool thing with quotes, when people kind of get reference for quotes, oftentimes, if not all times, any noteworthy quote is somewhere found in the Bible and they've just kind of made it personal to their voice, right? For example, Mother Teresa said, only humility will lead us to unity, and unity will lead to peace. There's so many references to the concept and the idea of humility, and we see this in Jesus' life as well in Philippians 2, 
where he humbled himself. He became vulnerable and left everything that he had in heaven so that he could come down to earth. And so she says, only humility will lead us to unity. And we talked a lot about that, and we're going to get into it in this morning's message as well. Pride will get into the way of you being united with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Pride is the opposite of humility. So she says, humility will lead us to unity, and unity will lead to peace. And the peace that she was talking about might be a little bit of a different peace, because when Jesus was born, the angels declared, peace on earth from God. Not peace on earth among men. Because there's not peace in this world, right? We all know this. If you don't know about Ukraine and Russia, there's not peace among those nations right now. So did Jesus fail? No, he did not fail. He fulfilled perfectly and accomplished perfectly what he set out to accomplish. To, be, to bring about a form of peace from God towards man and have his spirit live in us so that we can experience peace in ourselves, be content in ourselves. And through that, bring about peace in this world, but that peace comes from people receiving the love of Christ, the gospel being shared. Martin Luther King Jr. said, we must learn to live together as brothers and sisters or perish together as fools. We must learn to live together as brothers and sisters. Together is unity, talking about unity. If we cannot get there, we will perish together as fools. Fools is again talking about pride. You'll perish in your pride. Helen Keller said, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. So all ringing the same truth. And then Henry Ford said, coming together is a beginning, keeping together is progress. Working together is success. It's one thing to come together. It's another thing to stay together. And it's a completely different thing to work together. Having the same purpose, having the same vision. And that is what we're going to talk about this morning. So let's go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 2. The scriptures will be on the screen. But I want to encourage you also open up your Bible. Make notes. Ask yourself some questions. I'll ask you questions as well. But... Make notes, draw out what stands out for you, so that whenever you meet together with uh, another brother or sister, or even after the, 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 the gathering this morning, talk about the word that you received. Share with the, the, the person sitting next to you. Share with your, your, your believers. Share with the world out there what you received from the word this morning, because that is you talking about the word, declaring the word, speaking the word, and through that it becomes more real to us as well. But another amazing thing is when we come together or we feast together on the Word, we will share things that suit out for us in, or in a way that someone else didn't receive it and you sharing with them might just unlock a truth in their hearts that wasn't unlocked in that moment. Because remember, I'm ministering under the leading of the Holy Spirit this morning and there's a bunch of different people, different backgrounds in this room, and I believe that the Holy Spirit is ministering to you personally and specifically, even through my, my, my message in a general sense, but He also wants to minister to you in a specific sense as well. And maybe your ears aren't open. And then when someone else comes after the gathering and says, man, this really blessed me. I loved when Etienne shared this, or um, he shared this, and then actually the Holy Spirit showed me this. Then you start unlocking truths for your brother or sister in Christ and you're setting them up to walk more in freedom. 
and in power. Amen? So let's be purposeful. Let's all be partakers together of the word. And then from here, be partakers in the week as well. So Philippians 2.2. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, united in one love, walk together in one harmonious purpose, and you'll fill my heart with unbounded joy. And this is where I, I kicked off yesterday. And it's so important to understand that when Paul is writing this instruction that you walk together in unity, we need to understand that in the Spirit, it's already a reality. As we are joined to the Lord, we've become joined to one another in the Spirit. We've got the same Holy Spirit. We don't have different Holy Spirits in this room. Each one of us has been joined unto the Lord, and you've become one Spirit with Him. So we are all sharing the same Spirit this morning. That's a powerful unity that is sitting in this room. And the problem is, and what Paul is addressing here, only when we start walking in that mindset are we going to start enjoying the reality of that and the power of that. And Paul is already so, so joyous and so filled with, with love, but he's asking this community, he's asking this church to walk together. He's He's pleading with them in a sense. Walk together with one harmonious purpose and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. He wasn't asking them to sing nicer songs in church. He wasn't praying and saying, hey guys, if you, you fill in the blank, there's many different things that he could have addressed, talked about, that would fill his heart with unbounded joy. Make his joy complete, some translations say, or, or, or fill his joy to the full. So he's using this opportunity in this limited time and letter to talk about one thing, one harmonious purpose. What is our purpose? To experience and overflow with the love of God. What does overflow mean? Overflow means that the people around you, believer and unbeliever lie, comes to experience Jesus through you. Ask yourself this question. Are the people around you experiencing Jesus through you? Each one of us has to ask that question. Ask it like this. How much are the people around me, my family, my friends, my colleagues, the strangers that I'm still going to meet, how much are they experiencing Jesus in me? Because if they're not experiencing Jesus in me, something is wrong. A good word is a? Because it's only by being challenged that we're going to change. If we're not being challenged, we're going to sit here week in and week out and nod our heads and, and feel good about something. But Jesus didn't die so that we can feel good about ourselves. Yes, you're going to feel good about yourself through Jesus and your relationship with Him. But it doesn't stop there. God desires for us to overflow. Overflow means not constipated. I don't want to get graphic, but there's a lot of spiritual constipation in the body of Christ. Man, they're eating and they're chowing and they're chowing and it's word in, word out, word in, word out. But there's no overflow. 
And that's why they, they look like they look in their faces. Not a lot of joy, not a lot of smiles. Man, God desires for us to overflow with His love, with His goodness. Experiencing His love means to experience salvation. Because salvation is about coming to know, coming to realize that God so loved the world that He gave Jesus. So that anyone, not just some, not just the holy, not just the the clean, not just the partially perfect. No, so that everyone could receive eternal life, salvation, eternal life as God's Spirit living in us. And His Spirit desiring to live through us. Overflow. We need to understand that that is what salvation is about. And throughout this series, we've, we've talked about this. We defined this last week. Get the teaching online on SoundCloud or our Facebook page. So Paul is talking about this and he's talking about making my joy full. Making me truly happy by walking in one harmonious purpose. And he expresses this importance in Ephesians 4 as well, verse 2 to 3. He says, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The New Living Translation says it like this, verse 3, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. So endeavoring, making every effort. This is clearly expressing an urgency and an importance to make an effort to endeavor to keep this thing the main thing. In a marriage relationship, for example, you're going to get to to opportunities, and I'm using marriage as an example because I'm married, so I understand that, but even in, in, in friendships as well, in in, in relationships, moving towards marriage, engagement, any form of relationship, when you're close to someone, you're going to get opportunities to see things differently, right? No married couple years experience that where you see things differently? Man, I must be doing something wrong. <laughs> Catherine and myself, we often see things differently. But in those moments where we see things differently, when we have different opinions about something, we choose to keep the main thing the main thing. It's a choice. It doesn't always feel good to make that choice. But man, the fruit that I get to experience by making that choice is amazing. It's a happy marriage. It's a fruitful marriage. And for us as the body of Christ, as a family if we don't get to this place of making every effort to keep ourselves united in the Spirit, keeping the main thing the main thing, you're going to get offended. You're going to get upset. You're going to walk out the door and not come back. A good word is a challenging word. It's easy to leave. It's not easy to stick things out. That's why the divorce rate is what it is in the world. 60 plus percent. Christian and non-Christian alike. It's easy to make a decision, but it's not always to stick to that decision. To see that decision through. That's why so many businesses fail as well. It's easy to start something. It's not easy to stick it through. Through difficult times, through hard times. 
And this is what Paul is talking about. He's talking about seeking something through, keeping the main thing the main thing. The main thing is that we are united in the Spirit. We share one very important thing together. We have one very important thing in common, a unity of the God Almighty Spirit living on the inside of us. But he lists a few things here. And we're not going to get into all of them, but if you continue reading, or well, let's see. We'll get to that now. Before we get there, let's go to John 17. John 17, verse 20. We look at the Passion Translation, then we'll look at some of the, the verses in the Message Translation as well. And it says, and it's talking about Jesus, and he says, and I ask not only for these disciples, this is a prayer of Jesus. And when Jesus prays, we need to take note. Because there's very, how can I say this? There's very few recorded moments of prayer of Jesus in the Bible. So when it is recorded, take note. And this is one of those occasions. And it says, and I ask not only for these disciples, but also for those who will one day believe in me through their message. We can camp there. I'm, I'm going to just quickly throw it out there. Jesus is praying for those who would believe through their message. Who's their message? The disciples. What are you today? You are a disciple. Jesus back then was praying for those who me and you are going to reach. Guess what? They cannot be reached if you don't bring the message to them. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 21, I pray for them all to be joined together. What is he praying? I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you, I, Father, are one and are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you've sent me. So Jesus is praying for oneness, the same thing that Paul talked about and made an urgency about. This oneness can only come through one way, His Spirit living in us and valuing that more than anything else. Any other difference of doctrine, how you see it, how me see it. One thing, God's Spirit in us, God's Spirit through us. Valuing that more than anything else. So Jesus is praying for this one thing, that they would become one. It's not praying for that we will all see things the same. Because all of us are in fact still very carnal. Or at least I am. I don't know about you. I still have my ups and downs. I'm still emotional at times. I still get hangry. Less than a few years ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm less emotional on the touchy field as well than a few years ago. You can ask Norman. Bertie as well. So he's not asking for us all to see things the same, but he's asking for us to become one. And that oneness that we share is the Spirit of God living in us. Every believer on the face of the earth, regardless of the nomination, regardless of what their statement of faith is about, that's one thing God's Spirit in us. And making that the most important thing. Verse 22 and 23 from the message says this. 
The same glory you gave me, I gave them. What glory did Jesus give us? He's saying the same glory that you gave me, I gave them. God's Spirit. That is the glory of God that we get to experience, enjoy today. The Spirit living in man. I gave them. So, they'll be as unified and together as we are. I and them, you and me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness. And give the godless world evidence. Say evidence. They'll give the godless world evidence that you sent me, loved me, or loved them the same way you've loved me. This is powerful. What is Jesus? Why is he praying for this? Because it's through this prayer, coming to understand this prayer, the unity, the power of the unity that we share in the Spirit. It's through coming to realize this and magnifying, valuing this more than anything else that the church of God will manifest and be the glorious church that God designed and created for us to be. But it's going to require some maturity to focus in on and value this oneness more than anything else. Because all of us have opinions. All of us have needs. All of us want to say something, right? Everyone's got a voice on Facebook. Everyone likes to voice their opinion. And it's okay. It's okay to voice what you think about this, voice what you think about that. It's okay. But when your voice and what you think about X, Y, and Z becomes more important to you than the unity that you share in the Spirit with your brothers and sisters in Christ, and when those things that you talk about and you have opinion about starts creating the vision within your family, within your brothers and sisters in Christ, then you're doing it in an ungodly manner and you're playing in the hand of the devil. Because it's in that place that we are not united as a church and it's in that place that we will not bear the fruit that Jesus desires for us to bear. So it's going to require some maturity for us to walk in this reality. And Paul talks about these things that will hinder us from walking in this unity that we share in the Spirit. He says, verse 3 and 4 from the Passion, Be free from prideful opinions. For they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts. But in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. I, I met up with a couple recently and I shared with them and I ministered to them. And as I ministered to them, uh, and this is the awesome thing, when, when I'm ministering, even now, I'm not preaching at you guys I'm ministering under the leading of the Holy Spirit. And as I'm speaking, I'm hearing things that I need to hear as well. And I'm receiving from the Spirit as I'm ministering to you guys as well. And that's what happens under the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We are also being ministered to when we minister, when we overflow. And that's why discipleship is so important. Being a disciple of Jesus. Not just being a convert where, okay, cool, I'm saved and... I'm waiting for, for Jesus' return. Heaven's going to be amazing. No, it's in the partaking of the commission the, to reach the world, to, to bring about change in the world and equipping the saints, discipleship. It's in that place that we truly grow and mature as children of God because we are flowing in the Spirit and as we're ministering, we are receiving ministry ourselves. 
So I was meeting up with this couple, and on this, this point of viewing others as more important than yourselves, I shared with them, when you go into a conflict or an engagement of talking about differences, seeing things differently, choose to, in that moment, go into that conversation, go into that meeting with the assumption, wait for it, that you might be wrong. None of you want to do that, I know. <laughs> go into that. When you go into that setting, into that meeting, with an assumption that I might be wrong, firstly, you're going to be open to realize that you are wrong. And secondly, your heart is going to be open and you're going to overflow with love. Because love cannot overflow where there's pride. And pride things that you write all of the time, 24-7, and that you can't do anything wrong because you've got the Spirit of God, right? No, just because you've got the Spirit of God doesn't mean that you're always right. We're all growing in truth, coming to understand the truth. And this is what Paul is addressing here. In authentic humility, as brothers and sisters in Christ, when there's going to be differences of you see it like this, I see it like that. Come into those settings viewing the other person more important than yourself. Verse 4, abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. All of these attributes that Paul is talking about here will distract us from having a single purpose. Because he thinks this, she thinks that. They say this. Single purpose, one purpose, one vision, one spirit. Let this become our single purpose. And we will fall, as Paul talked about this, and as Jesus prayed, we'll bring about an unbounded joy to God when we keep the main thing the main thing. Are we going to choose to focus on and build upon the unity we share in the spirit? If not, we'll never see the full manifestation of glory that God deposited on the inside of us. Each one of us is carriers of this glory, God's Spirit in us. But that glory is being pushed down, is being suppressed by prideful opinions, by selfishness, by thinking we are better than the person across the room, the person next to me. It's only in this place of, of unity, of singleness of purpose, that we get to experience and enjoy the fullness of God. Let's stand together and pray for us. Thank you, Father, for this word. Thank you, Jesus, Holy Spirit, that you are ministering truth to our hearts. This oneness that we are talking about is a oneness that was made possible through the gospel. As a church, we need to undilute the gospel of Christ. We need to wash it clean from all additives. 1 Timothy 4 explains the gospel for us. God's desire, God's will that all be saved and all come to the knowledge of the truth. Salvation is God's spirit living in man. And from that place, growing in truth. So that God's Spirit can live through man. 
It's not just one decision, but it's a daily decision of growing in truth, growing in humility, emptying ourselves of, of what we think and what the, the, the world is deemed to be glorious. Thank you, Jesus. As Jesus prayed, verse 23 from the Passion, you live fully in me now and I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity and the world will be convinced that you have sent me for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. The world will only be convinced. The world will only see the reality of the church when we become convinced of what that reality all points to. God's Spirit in us, God's Spirit through us. And becoming united on that one thing. Not the three things, not the four things, not the five things. Become united with one single purpose. To have the world enjoy and experience the unity that we share in the Spirit. And that comes about through hearing the gospel, which is a simple message. God loved, God gave, now we are one with God through faith in Christ Jesus. We are empowered, we are infused with glory. That glory is a manifestation of different things. Supernatural power, but also very natural power. Demonstrating love, being about, going about things in a peaceful manner, experiencing joy unspeakable, patience. It includes all of the fruit of the Spirit that God desires to have our lives manifest and carry. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you that we get to be one with you. We get to be one with one another. Father, that we'll make a conscious effort. Make it our endeavors on a daily basis to keep the unity, to guard the unity that we share in the Spirit. Yes, someone might say something that you see differently in the Bible, that you view differently in the Bible. Who cares? Let's keep the main thing the main thing. And one day in heaven, we might see things as they truly are. But what's probably going to happen, it's not going to matter, so you're going to forget. So don't break ties. Don't become friends of of your brothers and sisters in Christ, just because you see something differently in the Word right now. This time we're spending on earth is temporal. It's a short time. We don't have time to, to focus on our differences. Because our differences, focusing on them and, and breaking ties and separating from one another because our differences is exactly what the devil wants. So let's stop playing in the hand of the devil. Let's stop start. Having the prayer of Jesus come to truth, the prayer of Jesus become a reality for us to enjoy our oneness in the Spirit. Enjoy it fully, completely. 
and bring about an unbounded joy in our brothers and sisters of Christ that's gone before us. Cheering us on from heaven's throne. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're ministering to us and just convicting us right now of even moments or occasions where we've, we've maybe erred on the side of, of pride, self-centeredness, self-promotion, arrogance, and you're just pouring over love. Love covers a multitude of sins. So I thank you, Father, that your love is just pouring over those areas so that we're not feeling and experiencing any form of condemnation right now, but liberation, freedom. Liberation and freedom that's going to usher in greater fruitfulness in our relationships, whether it's our marriages, whether it's our friendships, within this body, within this family. And so that we can go into the world and so that the world can see the evidence of God's Spirit living in His sons and daughters. The world needs to see the evidence that the church of God is not divided, but the church of God is united in the Spirit. In Jesus' name, thank you, Dad. Thank you, Father, for the strength and the power of this unity that's going to usher in such great fruitfulness in our lives and through our lives. And that the unbelieving world will see that we are the sons of God. Thank you, Dad. If you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to visit us at one of our gatherings. To find out more, please contact us at info at or visit us at gracelife.co.